create games podcast for uh, early to mid-October 2019. My name is Tom Chick. My game of the week isn't RimWorld. Well, this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Bayonetta. Hmm. And this is Jason McMaster. My game of the week is not Hearthstone. Oh, dang, I want to change my answer now, McMaster. <laughs> I meant to say my game of the week isn't Call of Duty or Diablo or World of Warcraft or Tony Hawk's Skater Extreme. Uh, yeah, those are the things I meant to say. Good on you, McMaster. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no, I looked through the list of Activision games the other day. I don't really care that much. So I, yeah, It really does make it hard to do any... To, yeah, like I... I, I, it makes me wish that I wanted the next Call of Duty so that I could yeah. not get it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a, like the only burn for me is the the Warhammer Three. That's the only thing I really cared about. What's uh, the Warhammer Three? Their their revamp uh, of it, their like re-release with the uh, updated graphics and stuff. Oh, World of Warcraft. Oh, Warcraft. Sorry. Oh, no, oh, Warcraft I was like, yeah, yeah. Warcraft Three. Sorry. Yeah. Warcraft, not World. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. All right, well, McMaster, since you're the most socially conscientious amongst us, why don't you go first and tell us what you have been playing? Oh, yeah, the most socially conscientious game out there. Um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh Um, Aha! You know, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is a weird, weird game. So it's like it's full of Ubi stuff, almost to the Mm. point where it's like too much. And there's like menus and stuff everywhere. And John Bernthal's pretty crappy in it. <laughs> but, so is he? Are you playing? I, I, no. I, I confess, I know very little about uh, Breakpoint. So you guys are gonna have to fill me in. He's John Bernthal is you, or he's your buddy? He's, he's the, the bad guy. guy. He oh. used to be your buddy. I mean, this is a Ghost Recon army right. story, of course. And I guess he betrayed uh, you and became the bad guy. Yeah, it turns out. Oh, uh, jerk. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, but the things that the game does right, I actually really like. So um, you know, not being the world's biggest fan of Wildlands, just because it was kind of repetitive. Uh, this uh, and also, you know, you always had a co-op group with you of AI or not. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this game, it kind of takes that and changes it. So you're always always alone unless you're playing co-op. You don't, game get, you don't get like uh, AI buddies. No. And the game kind of uh, went more kind of stealth, Rambo kind of thing than, I mean, you know, obviously it's a Ghost Recon game by Ubisoft. You can blow the shit out of a lot of stuff. But there's also a lot of options for stealth and just kind of maneuvering the island. And it does the other coolest thing, which is, I, I think I guess they did this in Assassin's Creed as well, but instead of just having checkpoints and stuff everywhere you uh you can turn on exploration mode where you gather clues about where something is and then you go like find it which i think is pretty cool now what kind of clues to find what kind of things like just just collectibles no everything like all your Your, quests your next mission yeah Oh, oh i see right okay right yeah you don't have just like or you can choose to not have a marker you can you know choose to have it go oh it's a it's a it's around this area and you know you talk to more people and you find out oh it's near this and that you know 
and uh, eventually you you go and get enough clues, you go to the area and find it. It's, I mean, listen, it's not like some sort of real brain teaser most of the time, but it's a uh, it's a lot more fun than as opposed to just making a beeline to a checkpoint. I see, I see right, or, right, yeah, yeah. So it's you know, I mean, it's it's they're they're yeah, no, they're not super hard to figure out, but it is a lot a lot more immersive. And, uh, uh, do you miss thing. your AI buddies? Because that was such a fundamental part of of Wildlands, no. it seems. No, I do not. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm going to tell them in Wildlands that you said that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, see, I, I will say that one of the biggest problems I have with Wildlands uh, overall was I started to go absolutely insane when I heard <laughs> Baby Makes Three or Shitballs or any of these things. I started to, like, finally, I just started to lose it. So mostly we have somebody that doesn't really talk a lot when they're killing people, thank God. Um <laughs> Um, so uh, the AIs, though, the, I think one of the problems with Wildlands, and I, I'm a little surprised to hear this isn't the case anymore, is a lot of times the AI in Wildlands could kind of play the game for you. Uh, right. And it seemed like that, okay, that's the way you guys are going with a Ghost Recon game, is I just give the guys orders and they do stuff and I can jump in if I want, but otherwise they'll pretty much get stuff done. Uh, right. So that's completely, that's got to be a complete revamp in Breakpoint if you don't have that that yeah. to lean to fall back on so they've added a few things that i that i also think is pretty cool so you have uh your i mean just the, the basic idea of the game is this uh some tech billionaire has made a utopia kind of island etc etc and it's been taken over by crazy assholes mm -hmm. yeah john bernthal and friends so you go in because you don't know it's been taken over at that point. You you lose contact with a ship or something like that. So you go in to check and see what's going on, and your choppers get shot down, and you and a few people make it, and you're just kind of on the island. Um, so you're helping the rebels mm -hmm. uh, to fight against you know Burnthal when he's chewing his scenery and uh, and everything else, and he uh, and he really does too. I mean it's. Well, game. you know, if you're going to be an Ubisoft villain, you might as good, well go all out. Good God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, and he's not the only villain. They also have, like, a Walter Scoggins kind of guy that they didn't want to pay for Scoggins. So, um, like, <laughs> but they got Burnthal, you know. Uh, but does they, he but, monologue? Oh, of course he does. Oh, nice. Oh, dude, he is such a uh, – he's such like a lone gunman, kind of a tough guy who like works outside the boundaries of the rules. And Wait, he isn't does he in charge right. of all the people that took over the tech billionaire's island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, oh, they, they, they're they building the, – you have all these flashbacks to how like he saved your life and, and some of the horrible things he did and stuff like that anyway. But he's the leader of like a, of an enemy army. Right, right. Okay. Well, him and the the other the Scoggins guy, but uh, they they're kind of like the the ones. And but what the game has done to make up for the lack of AI people right. to play the game for you is you have to go in with a lot more stealth. There's there's the obvious helicopters and planes that do flyovers that you can be spotted by, and there's drones. Uh, so what they've done is they've added this kind of lay down mechanic. And once you're on the ground, you can hit a button to like cover yourself and whatever. So like if you're in mud, you like roll around in mud and like, you know, put it all over yourself and just kind of lay there. And people can like walk up on you to a certain point without seeing you. Um, and they did a lot, a lot of, of that in the last Tomb Raider game, McMaster, putting mud all over me. 
Well, there you go. See, you're used to it already. <laughs> um, but, and they, it, it, the game kind of reminds me more of like Just Cause in a way than mm-hmm. than Wildlands, or even maybe um, something like uh, like Far Cry. You know, where it, well, the way you're describing sounds very much like Far Cry, right? Uh, and, and it is in a lot of ways, um, but it also has that kind of like leveled up weapon thing where you get equipment. Now it's not like the division uh, where everybody takes a million shots to kill or anything. You're actually pretty lethal. Okay. Um, but you do level up your equipment as you go and you do build outs and you can like mod all your guns and stuff with, you know, putting on different muzzles and stuff. And so here's my problem with games that have that lethality level that you're talking about. The division is an MMO. Uh, right. and of course it's, it's got to balance the time to kill to the weapon strength. And, you know, there's a whole equation going on there that has more in common with World of Warcraft than real-world gunplay. So when you try to do a more accurate military simulation game like this, um, what makes me care whether I've got an AK-47 or an M16? If they both, in a couple of shots, can kill someone. Is is there any mechanism to make me care about... Because I remember kind of having that issue in Wildlands. Is it, look, I've got the good assault rifle. I don't need to, like, upgrade or get anything better. I've got everything I need here. Uh, What makes me care about uh, modifying and upgrading my weapons in uh, Breakpoint? So there are elite soldiers, of course, Mm -hmm. that you can't take when you're lower level or at least will destroy you. I mean, you can still kill them quickly. But you just, you know, they they are really hard to shake and all that, and they also do a lot of damage. So realistically, I guess that's an armor check more than anything. Um, but there's there's different classes of weapons, and it really comes down to, like I was saying a second ago, it's like range and also your silence, because you can't. It, that I haven't found a shotgun silencer, you know, but obviously you can have a sniper rifle silencer. Or is is noise quantified? Like, is that part of? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, in fact, the game will tell you, like, especially if you're in co-op, it'll tell you who made a noise that the enemy heard. <laughs> nice. So, so it, it was like me and uh, Mono, uh, Josh uh, Marshall, uh, we were playing the other day, and it'd be like, oh, J.B. McMaster or Mono Furioso made a noise or whatever. And, and so there, it, it's all about, or it's a lot more about stealth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what it comes down to. But it, uh, when it comes to that point, though, it... It really is similar to a, like a Far Cry game, where you're just going around, you're killing dudes, you're doing missions, you're you're getting loot. Um, uh, how is the open world? Like, is it, does it does it feel vibrant? Is there uh, traffic and people? Is it just a yeah. big wilderness? Um, uh, describe it for me. Okay, so I don't know if there's so well. So there was a lot of homesteaders on the island. That was the other part of the island, and they're the ones that are resisting, mm-hmm. and they live in this big mountain cave or something. So you you really, unless you're around that area, you you will see people, but there's not a lot of road traffic because the roads are kind of locked down. Mm-hmm. You do see a lot of road traffic from the military, though. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff to do. It has certainly has that that going for it, where there's constantly people flying around or moving around, etc. Um, that can be targets. Like, there are things yes. that you can fight. Okay, right. Yeah, Again, right. that sounds and, very Far Cry as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the thing that they, they kind of differentiate themselves with is that, like um, like Wildlands, you have a drone. And you can oh, do right. the whole... You can do the whole, you know, drone marking thing. You can do the synchronized shot thing. Uh, it's a lot oh. harder. Wait, with um, whom? <laughs> co-op. 
friends. I mean, you can't do Oh, it. oh, right. Okay, right. Yeah, you, you have to have co-op buddies to do that. Um, so it, it really, to me, is kind of a, a more interesting iteration on the Wildlands formula, uh, which I know is a relatively unpopular um, opinion. Uh, people love Wildlands. Uh, I recall in Wildlands when it came out, the helicopter handling was just oh, ridiculously goofy. Can you fly <laughs> helicopters in this game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm famous for crashing them, but yes, I can fly. Yeah, they they have fine controls. They I, It seems okay. like they might have learned their lesson on that one. Because um, I think Wildlands had eventually changed the dynamics of how a helicopter did. worked, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and yeah, you can do the normal Ghost Recon, Far Cry, whatever open world thing where you just kind of jack anybody, you know, kind of just go in guns blazing if you want, or you can sneak around and take people out, you know? It just kind of kind of depends. And since it's an U- Ubisoft game, I'm, I'm guessing the graphics are a little janky. They don't really look that good, uh, but they get the job done. Oh yeah, no, they, they're yeah, it's 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 amateurish at best. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like ludicrous. Of course, the games are like absolutely beautiful, and I love the they have when they have muddy areas. You know, they have like terrain uh, deformation and all that stuff. Oh. Where you know, like you're, it like one of the coolest was I was like riding a motorcycle and I turned hard, put my foot out, and it slid through the mud. I thought that was pretty rad, um, but. And it also has some weird jankiness to it too, because they have like their their um, flowers and and plants and stuff will uh, kind of move with shock waves and everything, but they all kind of go like boing. It looks like some sort of weird like Pixar thing where it's just like, oh, we're flat. Now we pop back into shape. It's just like really strange looking. Um, but yeah, no, and it, it's got great, you know, it's got great graphics and everything, and the gunplay is good. You know, that's that's what they do pretty well. Uh, uh, so we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Call of Duty, but uh, does can stuff get destroyed? And if not, does that detract from what's what what's going on? Okay, so of course uh, buildings cannot be destroyed. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah, that's that's just Ubisoft stuff. There. Trees? Uh, How are the trees doing? Some of them you can knock down, not very many. Okay. Um, you know, smaller stuff you can obviously go through and run through. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of little touches, but yeah, there's not a but lot. But it's of, not doing anything fancy with this right. It's just in a battlefield or anything. Right. So it's right. Not. Um, but yeah, no, it, it offers a really solid. Yeah. Uh, really Nick, solid. are you are you so you're not playing this? Or you are. Uh, no, I I am. Um, I, I, so for me, the funniest thing about this game was, uh, and Jason touched on it, was uh, when when you start out right, you you crash in a helicopter. It does the Ubisoft? Oh, you're behind enemy lines. Get to the safe area. Blah blah blah. You're all alone. Uh, and you know you go through the tutorial kind of thing of like how to do stealth, how to get headshots, and you know kill people, et cetera, et cetera, so you can get past them. Um, and you're wounded and struggling and all that. And you finally get to this safe area. And then it does that division thing where you go to the safe area and it's like the MMO hub. Right. So you go in there and there's like a thousand dudes just like you. Oh, wait, other players? Battled yeah. their way there. <laughs> wait, why does it do yeah. that? Why does it need I, to do that? That is a little strange. It's like a social hub. Yeah. But there's, a P- there's PvP and co-op and all sorts of stuff. So that's, I imagine, what it is. But it is a little odd because, like... Yeah, it's like me and my buddies crashed, and then you walk in there, it's like, oh, good, 700 jarheads. Yeah, we should be able to people. take this island down. There's no problem anymore. Yeah, and then, the, and then the conceit of the game, right, is that 
is that uh, Bernthal's guys, the wolves, are you know hunting you and your you know your resistance people, um, and it's like you know you could go to this to the to this big area where people are constantly parking helicopters and jeeps and you know there's like 500 army looking dudes hanging out <laughs> yeah yeah we have like a much larger standing army than the, than the army on there but uh, it's pretty whatever. hilarious um the 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 weird thing for me in this game is the uh I think the the one thing they do uh, you you talked about you know what why you should care about I guess improving a number on a weapon right what when, pulls you forward through the game yeah because you, know? you can start out like Jason said like you can headshot dudes yeah. all the way through the game with your starter weapon and oh yeah I, I tested it I found like some of those red skull yeah. guys and I was like okay let's see and I just popped a dude and I was like not so tough now you're uh-huh. like okay. <laughs> So that so yeah, it's weird, right? But then, very early in the game, you'll find out that one of the things they do as kind of a gate for that is uh, these drones that you're yeah. constantly having to fight, and they're, they're like god awful. Yeah. yeah, they're like tanks, and so they're they are the bullet sponge enemies. Ah, like there's no headshotting. You can knock their armor off, and then there's a critical area, and you get a you get like a rocket launchery type thing you can do. But it does not take them out. Like, you're going to be plugging some rounds into those things. Oh, and there's there's also, like, automated turrets. There's yeah. automated tanks, automated cars with guns on them. And they're tough as hell, too. Yeah. All, all the, like, drony type stuff will just soak up rounds. Right. All right. So, um, Ghost Re- Why is it called Breakpoint? Uh, I don't know. I mean, why, why not? <laughs> I, I have yeah. a theory. I, like, I think it's I called guess... that because John Bernthal's character has reached his breaking point. Oh yeah, that's probably it. Probably. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm just happy that they didn't make any real world governments angry by calling them all drug dealers and cartels this time. Yeah, well, I did. I mean, shouldn't tech billionaires be a little offended that uh, that that they're represented as, as victims in this in this game? Well, Elon Musk is probably crying about it right now. <laughs> but, uh, I totally don't give a shit. All right, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I uh, yeah. Uh, Nick, you are also in addition to Breakpoint playing something that I've played. McMaster, well, uh, Nick, what are you playing? And I'm curious if McMaster has touched this thing. I'm in the middle of the surge too. Oh, negative. Well, not even the middle. <laughs> I'd say three quarters of the way. Okay. Uh, and McMaster, you liked the surge? Actually, did you like the surge? No, I never played it. I, I got my um, I got my fill in Lords of the Fallen. That was enough for me from those guys. What's Lords of the Fallen? Why do I feel I kn- that was their Dark Souls ripoff that they made before the surge? That okay, I, but, and that that was like fantasy, and then they went to sci-fi yeah. with the surge. Was that the idea? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Nick, how is this holding up? Uh, how's it compared to the first one? Why are you playing it? All those questions. Okay, so uh, first of all, I'm probably odd man out uh, on this one for a lot of people because I never played the first one. Oh. So uh, it just came at a weird time. Uh, I could have played it. I never got around to it. And then this came out, and I was like, well, I mean, why would I, why would I go backwards? I think you've made the right call because I feel that, that The Surge 2 uh, addresses a lot of issues that I had with the first one. It's a, I think it's a lot more forgiving in a way. Uh, I got frustrated pretty quickly in the first surge. It took me longer to get frustrated in this surge. So I think you made the right call. 
I'm uh, so so far. I, the, my my review spoiler would be that I am loving the Surge Two. What? Um, yeah, yeah. You're only supposed to play games that that are terrible. That what happened? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't like Souls. Dark Souls. Like, well, I don't you're like playing Dark the Souls one. I don't like two. I don't like. Then three, you won't like, like the Surge. Four. You'll hate the Surge I'm... then. So the thing with the Surge two, at least for me, is that I feel like it's a lot more forgiving. Yeah. Like I've never felt in the Surge two that I wanted to throw my headset across the room and get up and leave. Like now, I've never been horribly frustrated in the Surge two. <laughs> Now, with the way this this sort of thing is supposed to work, Nick, I don't know if you're aware, uh, you're you're really supposed to feel that way when you hit bosses. And I don't think – I'm not sure I ever – you hit that first boss in the prison, and it, is it even a boss? I mean it's a – there's a this difficult fight at the end of the prison, and then you're kind of let loose. And I ran around a fair bit in the world, and I even met some different kind of enemies, but I don't recall hitting like a boss fight. In the sense that you know you're locked into an area and you have to keep trying that over and over again while something kills you until you figure out some gimmick to fight it. Did right. I just not hit anything, or are there not those sticking points, those sort of barriers, those obstacles to advancement in the well, search too that characterize Dark Souls games? Well, there are definitely locked off arena type boss fights in the Surge too, um, but. Like for me at least, they're a lot more forgiving. I, if I didn't f- defeat the boss with just a combination of dodging and dodging and hacking away at him, mm-hmm. um, I figured out whatever the pattern was maybe three times into it. Okay. So it's like it just never felt as frustrating, which I understand is probably something that pisses off actual Souls fans. That it's too easy. That it's probably too easy for them. At least I, that's what I'm gauging by, right? Like, right. I can only look at the Surge 2 and look at, you know, how many people are playing, and it seems a lot less than Souls people. There's certainly a lot less chatter about it. Um, and I, I assume part of that, of course, the other thing that Surge, I guess, the, the series is famous for is, you know, instead of a dark dungeon or, you know, pits of hell or whatever, you're out pretty much in the bright sunlight. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time like you're you're running around like this big nanotechy city um it's not as grim like, dark like it, it's no not, not yeah, at all it, it doesn't feel like you're in somebody's version of a heavy metal album or something what's up with that right 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 yeah it, it feels totally uh i mean it's not open obviously it does the same thing where you, you've got these paths and these little cross-cut secret you know alleyways and things to go through right um and and the prison obviously was was dark and uh, it, it's weird. I I think the prison beginning is probably the worst area I saw. Well, it it I mean you get out on the streets and it feels very very different with how how many different options there are to go places. Like that's another thing with the Dark Souls is I would get to a point where I feel like. Until I kill this boss, I don't think there's anything else I can do. Right. Generally, I, I was anywhere. usually wrong because I didn't find something. But I never – like in the Surge too. I constantly was like, okay, there's this street over here, and I could check out that alley. And as soon as I get a zipline thing, I know that's there. Like I constantly felt like there were places I could be going. Right. Um, and yeah, and there, that's, there that's partly because it's out. like set in a, in a city. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say there was always like an alternate path or – you know, if you, if there was a like, oh, there's a boss fight right around this, you know, wrecked truck or whatever, 
you know, instead of doing that, let, let me go, you know, hack up a bunch of, you know, losers and, and grind for some more gear or whatever, which that's the other thing, right, is the Surge and the Surge 2 are kind of famous for the 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 targeted limb kind of combat that they do where, mm-hmm. you know, bad guy's got a sword in his left arm and, a you know, a, an electric baton in his right arm. Hack the right arm if you want components to make your own electric baton, right? Or hack the leg if you want the stupid shock absorbers for your exosuit or whatever. Um, now you sound, are, are you down on that mechanic? Or you like? No, that? I like it. I yeah, like I like it, it too. Yeah, like yeah. It, it feels, and it, which is another thing to me, it feels very intuitive, right? Like right. I see the guy carrying the thing. I want that thing. I want the widget. So I can or I know thing. that you know I'm really close to leveling up my leg armor, so I need to go kill guys' legs stuff to just collect the craftable stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It feels very intuitive to me. Um, the only thing, I would say, the only thing in the combat that I still have not really gotten a great handle on is the the directional blocking or the parrying mm-hmm. mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. There's a there's a thing you can add to your suit that gives you the ability to see like oh the the hit's gonna come from this direction and you can try to parry it so it you right. know le- you know obviously puts them off balance and then it leaves them open so you can do it I, I suck at that. <laughs> no, like, I, re- I re- even with the indicator I'm like bah. I recall there are some of the – by the way, another thing I really like in the Surge too is the way that you develop and build up your character and the way that it ties into like implants and you have so much – it's not called a CPU but core memory or whatever they call it. Like I really like the paper doll elements, the way that the Surge builds the progression around it. Um, but I recall aren't there little – you can get little plugins that subvert some of the system. Like you can even get a plugin. It's like, hey, if you start, if you take damage at a certain point, we'll go ahead and heal you up, so you don't have to worry about healing potions. Um, like, I, I like how they kind of will even subvert certain elements of the gameplay if you want to devote part of your little paper doll display to subverting that element of the gameplay. Right, 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 right. yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice because it, it gives you, at least to me, again, it feels like it's, uh, it gives you a lot more options to deal with that stuff. And, and again, I realize. People who really go in for that super punishing souls type stuff, they probably look at that and they're like, whatever, wuss. <laughs> this is a Dark Souls for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, right. that's how I feel about it. Like, I, I, I seriously, I cannot, I just cannot get into the games like the, the actual Dark Souls where it just feels like everything is against you at all times. Right. Everything. <laughs> Now, let, oh. me, let me tell you my main issue with this, and I'm sure McMaster will understand this. Uh, it's still very much in the vein of a Dark Souls game, and even though it's more forgiving, just the moment-to-moment gameplay and the pacing, the patterns, the way that you unlock areas, the way that you see somebody and decide, oh, do I want to get in that fight, uh, the way you know, okay, I've got to dash through this area, there's going to be that guy there, I have to kill him, then there's that guy at the end of the bridge, I have to kill him, then I'll get back to the area that I haven't explored yet. Um What's making it what made it what ultimately made me stop playing the surge two was uh, I got super spoiled by the pacing and the different vibe of remnants from the ashes, which plays with that formula and makes it much more like an unpredictable shooter. Uh, so going directly from remnants from the ashes and the really cool 
changes to the Dark Souls formula that those guys brought and the way that it made it feel like a moment-to-moment -moment different game, going back to the Surge just felt it, it was just difficult for me to do. I just kept wanting to go back to see what gunplay and what random uh, level layout would, would happen in Remnant. So that kind of killed it for me. I feel bad right. for the Surge, too. Well, I will say that the, the the two things I would I would say for me that are kind of negatives for this is first the Surge Two thinks it's telling an awesome story, right? It's not. <laughs> this story is hot garbage. Please stop telling it. <laughs> um, the second one would be uh, for a lot of the areas, uh, it feels very much like um look one blasted up street with a bunch of broken cars in it is pretty much like another street with broken I, up cars in i it. wondered <laughs> if it was going to like do any cool environment changes or, or anything it sounds like it doesn't really have that going for it huh i mean not i mean you you get into some other areas uh but but you're pretty much in that city the, the right city that you crash land in which hey by the way another game where you crash land in the beginning <laughs> air um, travel is so unreliable in video <laughs> games well it's so unreliable but it's at its core so safe because you never die okay right <laughs> right you're, you're constantly crashing but it's never killing you very, very good point it's right yeah. you're like hey all right put a band-aid on or put some nanites in my blood i'm good <laughs> <laughs> so uh, master have you gone back to any conventional souls likes since you've played uh, remnant uh, no. I, I predict that so. when you do, it'll be difficult for you. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Sekiro, I don't think would be, but other than that, yeah. Maybe. Or Bloodborne, like both of those, and they're kind of different than the regular. Right. I, even then, I, I think, well, I don't know. You know, I challenge you. Go back to one of those and see how much of it Remnants from the Ashes has spoiled for you. Uh, mm. And I do like also, the, like, I, I get a little tired of fantasy, and it's nice to have some science fiction for a change even. well yeah that's the biggest thing for me that would be the nicest thing. yeah, yeah. It, it is a nice change of pace yeah you, yeah some of it may not make much sense but you know what the hey <laughs> it fits so neatly I like that character advancement stuff oh and also too i i get so fed up playing assassin's creed odyssey for instance which is a, a brilliant game i adore that thing but i it just drives me batty that there's no dismemberment that i'm hacking away at people <laughs> with a sword and their heads never pop off or their arms never come off or uh, come on, Ubisoft, you can do so many things. Give me that. The dismemberment stuff in The Surge, like, it knows you love it. It knows you want to see it. And it, it's really stupid. You can chop a guy's head off with a huge blunt hammer, but it's part of the gameplay mechanic is dismembering things. Uh, and it's kind of gratifying to get into that, to see that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels... Oh, that's the other thing. The movement in... The, the way you, I, I guess it's the animation of the way you move and the way enemies move, it feels like, yeah, this is a guy who's lugging around right. a telephone pole with, you know, a door, a car door on the end of it. And he's the one, you know, like when he hefts it up, like it looks like, oh, yeah, that guy's struggling. But if right. I get hit with it, that's going to suck. Uh, have you messed around much with, like, the, the elemental damage and the different types of weapons? Because it seemed like there was a lot of promise in that system. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, later on in the game, at least, well, at least where, where I've gotten to in the game, there's a lot of areas where... So in, in the Surge 2, I don't know if the Surge did it, but in the Surge 2, 
you can open up uh, other loadouts, right? And you can like flip switch to like three loadouts overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you put elemental stuff on your on your guy, and you have different armors too, uh, and you're gonna need that because there are definitely areas where you know they're gonna throw a fiery dude at you at the same time that they throw a radioactive dude, you know, a cold dude, and you gotta you have to be able to switch back and forth like really quickly while you're doing that. It's pretty cool. Right. I like it. Uh, how do you feel about what what kind of multiplayer elements are there in the Surge 2? Um, oh, it's got that uh, it's got that graffiti mechanic. I that, that was uh, so dumb, the right? Souls... Yeah, I know it's dumb. It's <laughs> I really dumb. wanted to turn that off. Uh, yeah. It's dumb, and it's it's. Wait, I think what? it's even worse. In the... No, no, you need to tell me about this graffiti <laughs> mechanic. <laughs> so it's got the mechanic that in Souls, uh, they do where. Someone can in soul, someone can scrawl a message to you, like you know, oh, turn left or messages. whatever. Right, right, yeah. right, right, sure. It's yeah. that thing, but in the surge too, I because it's science fictiony. Instead, it's these floating, uh, like really annoying looking floating holographic banner things, like little neon signs that you. And don't you uh, unlock like little emoticons or symbols? <laughs> or, they, yeah, they, yeah. There's terrible. all these little cutesy dive like pictures and. It's it's little animal faces, yeah. yeah. It's bad. It's 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 bad. Yeah, I I will say that that's the one thing. That's another thing, a third thing, I guess, that I really don't care for because, it, so in the Souls game, the one thing I'll say is if you do the messages right, they're not blocking your vision. <laughs> in this game, because they are literally floating holographic signs. If you get into an area where a bunch of numtards have thrown a bunch of these right. signs down, it's it looks really dumb. Because soul stuff, <laughs> it's always like just right at your feet, I think, right? And yeah, right. this is like up at yeah. eye level and stuck around. Yeah, yeah, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, beware! There's a bad guy around. There. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> it certainly earns the name graffiti. I mean, they 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 called it. Yeah. So, all right, Surge Two, McMaster, why aren't you playing the Surge Two? Uh, I got a lot of stuff to play. What level did you get to in the Surge 1, McMaster? Zero. Hmm, so I'm higher level than you in all <laughs> Surge games. Yeah, anything Surge related, even <laughs> the soft drink, you're higher level than me. Mostly There's a soft, soft drink, drink called Surge? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Sounds horrible. All right. It's not, it's not great. Don't take it. <laughs> It's the cheap Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Ew! Like, oh, like right. Oh, I do know what this is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if oh. you, it's like if you poured a Mountain Dew into a Sprite or something. That's what's <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the game that I am playing, McMaster, uh, it sounds like... You, so, <laughs> you you love this kind of thing, and yeah. I get scared off of these things. And this is one of those games that didn't scare me. It's called... I, I guess mindustry or mindustry. It's got to be mindustry. It's mind industry. Jam the words together. That's what this little one-man development game is called. Um, and it's a, it's a. McMaster, why do we like so much combining things to make a third thing? Why is crafting so cool? I, you know, for me, it's always been, uh, it's, it's weirdly satisfying. And I don't know if that's on some sort of strange, like human evolution level, you know, or something, but. Making something uh, is, is just really is really cool, and a, in a game like that, you know, it's just setting up the production's cool. It's it's really satisfying to see your stuff come to life. 
Yeah, there's a, it's a, a, a lot of ministry. So ministry is a couple different things. And the, what it is when you first come to it is conveyor belt logistics. <clears throat> is right. You set up a place that's going to make copper. You set up a place that's going to make lead. And you want that stuff to come into your hub so you can build things. So you just make a conveyor belt come into your hub. Very straightforward. Then it'll gradually, and this is something that uh, I don't think – RimWorld is like this. It's certainly not Factorio. In RimWorld no. and Factorio, you have so many things at your feet, like from the get-go. Right. So many different resources and, and, and resource chains uh, and end results that you can access. Like, it's it's crazy, and in a way, I know that some people love that because oh, it, yeah. you're like a kid in the candy store. It's like, oh, what kind of cool things can I make? It's insane. Oh, Industry yeah. is way calmer. Like, it's way yeah. more sedate. In the beginning parts, you've just got copper and lead, and that's it. Like it, it's, it seems like oh, this is dumb. Why, what, what, you know, what else? Why is there? You go to the tech tree. It's like four things. You're like what? <laughs> so okay, it's that easy. I might as well play it for a second. Because what, what Ministry does also is it's much more like a tower defense game than Factorio or RimWorld, where yeah, things will attack you, but Ministry plays. Literally like a tower defense game with with timed waves. You know, there's a countdown timing down where a wave will come and it tells you, you know, what number wave is. The wave is always going to make a beeline for your your little center and you've got to defend it. Uh, So you think, oh, okay, it's a really dumb, easy resource change management game, uh, but it's mainly a tower defense game. So you think, okay, I'll live through this first level, whatever, see what happens. The cool thing that happens is you live through the first level and all the resources that you got in your little command center, when you finish the level, you still have all of those. You finish the map. You cleared that map. You can go play it again if you want. But now you still have everything that you scooped up on the map that you didn't use building. And you're sitting here now with a couple more maps unlocked. And you can now go to that little tech tree that has four things. And after one map playthrough, you can unlock two of them. You're halfway through the tech tree, but what you realize is when you unlock one of the things on the tech tree, three more things pop out ahead of it. Then you unlock something ahead of that. Two more things pop out of that. Uh, The tech tree is like hidden from you. You don't know what's in there. And it's the same with all the different resources and the different resource management chains that eventually come out in this game. You don't see it until you unlock it. Like it's – it. It's got all the crazy stuff, not to the degree of Factorio or RimWorld, but it's got that level of crazy stuff. It just doesn't dump it at your feet at the very beginning. Um, And and for me, it it tricked me. Like, it didn't scare me. I didn't jump in and start playing and think, oh, God, I'm never going to figure this out. Pass. I jumped in and thought, oh, a tower defense game, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it works. Cool. And then each time I finish a map... I can explore out a little further into the different technologies, into the different resources. Uh, You even, like in any tower defense game, one of the challenges is, okay, you set up your towers, monsters come at you. What are you going to do? Just sit there and watch? So a lot of tower defense games, they'll give you like a spell you can cast. Or some of them give you a a character you can play where you're actually running around in there and you're helping the the towers kill stuff. That one's a – what is that game? That's an iPad game, right? Uh, oh, well, most games. I mean, that's like uh, Orcs Must Die, I think, is one of the games that oh. first did that. Is that oh. or th- at least they did it like in a, in a way more blatant sure. manner in that you set up the traps, but you're also equally playing a third-person brawler game. There was um, there was an early iPad, iPhone uh, tower defense game that had that mechanic. It was one of the first ones I saw that I was thinking of. 
and it definitely is something that I think tower defense games have to struggle with, and that's the solution sure. is you build the tower, then what? So they give you some active way to participate. And here, the active way to participate is you fly around in a little uh, flying pew 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 thing, and you can't look at parts of the map unless you're actually there. So it's not only your cursor where you're looking and where you're interacting with stuff, but it's the limit of what you can see. I mean, you've got a mini-map, but if I want to go over and work on production in another area and set up defenses in another area, I have to physically fly over there. I can't just move the, click on the mini-map and move over there. Also, this little thing that I fly around, one of the things that unlocks is the ability to turn it into different kinds of vehicles that can participate with different amounts of effectiveness in battle, but also get faster or slower. So you start out with something that's super fast, but super weak. When monsters are coming at you, you got to have your turrets set up, and maybe you can hang back and pick off some of the stragglers, but you can't get up there in the combat. One of the first things you unlock is a little pad that you stand on, and it turns you into a mech. And it reminds me of Herzog's Vi, uh, a Sega Genesis Aww. game. And I, I just love that Herzog's Vi was three separate, you know, you had three separate forbs. You could be, I think, like the yep. Jeep and the mech and the flying thing. And you were playing an RTS. You know, you were building bases and stuff. So in this, one of the first things that you unlock for your little uh, flying thing is a way to turn into a mech that can sit there next to the turrets and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with enemies. Um, you can participate much more directly in the combat, but your mech stomps around more slowly. So if you need to go to the other end of the map to fix something, you want to go back onto the pad and change back to the little flying thing. These are two forms. If I go to the little database in the game, and the database you can go to, look, you can see exactly how many different resources there are that you haven't unlocked, how many different buildings. Uh, you can also see how many different mech or flying forms there are, there are like 10, and I've only unlocked two. And I only on the tech tree can see one other one. So somewhere in there, there's like six or seven more things. And I don't know if the tech tree just gets bigger. I don't know if you start finding things on the map. I have no idea how I'm going to get all these different mech forms. Um, so this whole ability of persistence between maps and when I play a map whatever stuff I manage to gather and secure whatever I get off world I then use in this hub to go up the tech tree different things require different uh, types of resources you know I can uh, learn new types of defenses I can learn more efficient ways to manage various different kinds of resource chains uh, it starts to introduce systems for power you know, like electricity, for uh, fluid dynamics, for getting water to steam uh, engines, that sort of thing. Um, and you would never know this is in there when you just sit down and play that first map. Now, I should point out, by the way, this is just the campaign. If you wanted to start a map with everything available, huh. industry will totally let you do that. Uh, it's just my initial inclination was, okay, click on campaign, that'll teach me how to play. Sure enough, it'll teach you how to play, and it'll let you gradually work your way up this tech tree and unlock different things, uh, according, and persistently keep these resources that you earn. But if you just want to go whole hog, have everything available, do a map with really difficult waves, play one of the custom maps. Go for it. Uh, all that stuff's unlocked if you want it from the get-go. So. No, uh, no, that's pretty cool. Um... I need to I need to check it out. Uh, but I, I was thinking about the way you describe, you know, why why the game or how the game kind of eases you into it, and mm -hmm. it it kind of makes sense. Like uh, 
that that makes a lot of sense for that design and it, it kind of almost is like how i approach the more complex games but i do it you know i set goals for myself and kind of just try to do one specific thing and as uh as you learn playing door fortress you you have to enjoy dying Right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, or like, I'm sure Nick can uh, appreciate this. Like, Seven Days to Die. That's one of those games where I've died a million times and restarted oh, yeah. a million times. And uh, it's, you know, each time you learn something new, you do something different, and you become the, better at it. The, yeah, the counterpart to that, I mean, I think the analog to that in Mindustry uh, is you fail a map. Like, you, sure. and there's also, by the way, I love, I love Risk Reward. I love that when I die, it's my fault because I took a chance and I shouldn't yep. have. Every five waves in Mindustry, you can bug out. You can say, okay, I've got, I've done what I need to do. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. And, and you keep the resources you earned. Otherwise, it's like, okay, in another five waves, you can't leave for another five waves. And then eventually it's every ten waves. So you get to a certain point and you really want titanium because you need a lot of it to go to the next level of the tech tree. You're like, can I hold out for ten more levels? Like you get to the, tw- the 20th wave and you're like, can I hold out to the 30th one? I think so. But then you screw up at, at level 28. Um Oh, right. But when you die, though, one of the things you can do in this game, one of the things that you can build is a launch pad, which will you, – you shunt resources to the launch pad, and there are a couple of different sizes, the basic launch pad. Once 100 resources of any type reach that launch pad, all those resources go into your coffer at the campaign uh-huh. hub. So even if you die, even if everything's lost, you get that stuff. Uh, if you if you build it with, with launch pads. Now, you can't use it to build on the map, but if you know that you're going to do an operation just to get titanium, get those launch pads going. Uh, and then if you die, big deal. I don't care. I'm just here to get as much titanium as I can uh, to hold that as long as I can. Um, and so I really like that, that element, too, of failing a map and still getting some benefit from it, in addition to what you're talking about, McMaster, where you learn to master one of the resources or one of the systems, or you learn a little bit more about how things act in the game, right. uh, like the enemies, for instance, in Mindustry. Um, yeah. So it's got its hooks in me crazy deep. I'm, I've unlocked all of them. There's one more map I have to unlock. I'm a little bit worried, like, what, I, what do I do when I finish the campaign and research everything? Like, I'm going to be really sad when that happens. Yeah. No, sure. I mean, and I always feel that way if I have, like, a successful game in a way, you know, right. like where yeah. you, you take, like, you know, I mean, in Seven Days to Die, me and my friends played a game. We got to, like, day 100 or something, and after a while, it just becomes kind of like a matter of, you know, whatever. You know, you're just going through the motions. So, yeah. That's uh, I, I do think <coughs> – excuse me, sorry. Um, the – there are a lot of, like, custom... I mean, I don't know how I feel about this, but there are a lot of maps already on the Steam Workshop, and there's an editor in there. So I think there's maybe custom maps. I, although I've, I've always been leery of maps made by people who aren't Me the developer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's the thing is, like, people love mods and stuff, and I think they're interesting. But, God, I, I don't know. It seems like you, you just take, you know, the chance of just wasting your time. Right, right, exactly. Like you download some level and you're like, <laughs> and, and halfway through you're like, what? This was dumb. This is, this is yeah. just made, to, yeah, this is made for some guy to get an achievement or, right, right. yeah, exactly. so, yeah. Um, but there are, are several maps. Here, Here's the problem, by the way. Uh, Ministry doesn't have a map randomizer. It does if you go into the editor. You can set parameters, and then it'll randomize a map, and then you can save oh. it. But there's no way to start a mission and say, hey, I want a random map. 
it looks like you just choose from canned maps. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure of that. Um, so you can randomize maps, but for whatever reason, they didn't surface this feature. Like, you'd have to go into the map editor, and nobody... I never go into map editors. That's not for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't want to go into that. So if I had <laughs> seen that in there, I don't think I would have known that, yeah, it does have randomized maps. You just have to do them yourself. Yeah. Um, so, McMaster, what, one of the things that I did playing Ministry, I was like, okay, I'm really liking this. And especially now that I've got steam and I've got power and I've not only do I need coal, but I've researched oil. And on a map without oil, I can create these little spores and then dis- distill – basically accelerate the fossilization process to, to oh, manufacture cool. oil. Like, And I've got all kinds of different weapons. I've got artillery. I've got sniper weapons. I've got weapons that – there are different kinds of ammo. Like, that's one of the resource chains. If you have a gun and you oh, just yeah. feed copper into it, it's it's crappy bullets. But if you mix copper with silicon, it makes explosive bullets. And if you mix thorium with silicon, it makes homing bullets. Oh, like this, It's just insane that the actual turrets feed into the resource chain management. Um, but so... Once all of this stuff started appearing for me, and I've got I've got my hands full in ministry now. I've got so many different options for how to do things. I thought, okay, Tom, stop being scared of Factorio. Jump back in there, oh get on the horse, go check it out, go see. Yeah, now that you can play ministry, obviously you can handle a little Factorio. <laughs> Quit being a baby, reinstall it. Good God, I couldn't even I I couldn't even figure out how to build one building in Factorio. I, I I started up a game. I'm running around with a pistol. I can shoot. A, I can chip away at a rock. Yeah. I, how do I, I couldn't even make a single building in Factorio. I know yeah. that if I'd gone to a wiki or if I just asked one oh, of yeah. you guys or something. But once I, after you know, literally like maybe six seven minutes of trying to figure out how to make mm. the basic building, and I saw it there on the tech tree, and I saw you. you I just quit out. I was like, nope. I'm still scared of Factorio. Not for me. <laughs> I'm out. Like I'm done. That yeah. game, I mean, to be fair, that game is the one that I uh, one of the games that took me the longest. Now, Dwarf Fortress obviously is ludicrous, right. uh, but Factorio is tough, and it's it's hard to crack. And once you do, it's pretty awesome. Like you go from like I, I've said before, you go from like smashing rocks to. Uh, I set up a logistics network that I just had to point somewhere and they would build whatever I want. Hundreds of little drones would just show up out of my little... And you made that. Place. You Like, yes. that was all your... Yeah, I love yes. that about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. And it's like a great feeling. You know, you have rail networks that you can automate and all sorts of crazy stuff. But it's just... It's so tough to get there. How do I build uh, a building in Factorio, McMaster? Uh, at first, realistically, you have to build everything by hand. So you would just go to that like little menu and you know go through it and find it. And then, but you have to have like refined stuff. So you have to start off with like crappy coal-based refineries. And I how do I make it. a refinery? How do I even make a campfire? <laughs> like I, don't, I, could, uh, I honestly <laughs> couldn't figure out how to access that part of the game. It's in your it's in your uh, menu, just like your character menu, if I remember correctly. No, or is it up in the top corner? I found blueprints, like, and I could I didn't have anything See, in there. Blueprints were are strange because blueprints you can make like a giant section of the map, and then you can blueprint it and just copy paste. Oh, then, it's uh, not blueprints like you're unlocking the different buildings. To, right. No. Okay. No. That's 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 what I'm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like in your. Uh, I believe it's it's like I said, it's one one of the menus or in your inventory. But you can you can certainly craft, and you have a very limited amount of stuff you can craft just by yourself. So there's uh, a bu- so okay because I guess I didn't realize that I would have to craft. Before. I was assuming it was something, and I've played Factorio a long time ago. I just don't remember this. I was assuming it was something like where I pick the building and then my guy builds the building, and I, I mean I guess I have to gather resources and somehow set almost them up. Everything you build in Factorio, no matter how huge it is, it will fit in one inventory slot in your backpack. So like you build that stuff, or or, or you know in your backpack, and you build that stuff. I need to jump stuff. back in there. I, I, yeah, I don't know what my deal was. Nick, you've played Factorio. I've played Factorio. I, I have not played um, Industry. Um, Factorio it, it, yeah. is uh, incomprehensible to me. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what you guys should play? Honestly, and this uh, it's not – but I know you won't play it since it's early access. But Satisfactory right. uh, is uh, is the one I would think is pretty good for that. What the heck is uh, that even? It's a Factorio-type game? Yeah, it's first person. Um, it's oh, on the, uh, Yeah, it's on the I Epic might have seen store. you play it. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's under development. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is there's monsters and there's stuff where you have to fight, but it doesn't really have a defense phase. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's more of a more of a just kind of a hey, let's build a cool factory, you right. know. And sometimes you have to fight a monster to get to it or what to some things, but they never come in waves, and you don't have to build defenses. Right. You, you know what? Th- that's that is one of the really appealing things about Ministry too is the the All waves right. coming at you. Uh, and, and you can also accelerate them. Like you can say, okay, I've I've got my defenses set up, and you can just real quickly run through a few waves if you're you're ready for it that way. Um, so yeah. yeah, I always liked that about um, tower defense games when they would do that, let you jump. And in Factorio, like stuff, it, it's as you expand, you like threaten settlements and they send monsters. Is that the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's yeah insects like these kind of big alien insect life, and uh, it's your pollution, actually. Okay, so, right, right. So like in one of our games, Izul, the uh, guy that is on whatever, uh, he he and I played, and we had it to where we switched almost everything to electric, so our smog and everything dropped uh, exponentially. So it's kind of interesting how you can do that. Right. And environmentally conscientious. Once again, McMaster, you're the most uh, socially conscientious person on this podcast. (laughs) I I am the rage against the machine of all. (laughs) All right, so uh, Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint, The Surge 2, Mindustry, uh, and I guess that's it for the rest of the year. Are there any other interesting games coming out? Nope, that's it. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) That's it. Nothing to do. I think nothing happened on November 5th that I can think of. No, no, not at all. No. Not, for, not for me with my 2080 and my 9900K. <laughs> ah, right, right, McMaster. Oh, Show delicious. Off. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I guess for the rest of the year for this podcast, we're just going to have to talk about old games. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Old, old games. games. Yeah. So hey, join hey, us for some old game talk in two weeks. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster and Nick Diamond. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.